Beautiful us. What up, guys? Welcome to our first episode of Mediator Monthly. Yep, coming at you from the inside of Herman's car. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm your host, Herman. And this is our first podcast episode. We're very excited. We were talking about starting a podcast. We don't really know where this is going to go, but shout out to all of you listeners for uh, being on the ride with us. This is going to be a great, great time. So Yeah, we're super excited. I feel like making a podcast is something that a lot of people dream about. I, I think I think about it a lot in the shower, so I'm happy that we're finally doing this. Yeah, I picture myself and what I would say in a podcast a lot. And, like, especially I picture myself on shows like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, but I feel like those shows are dying down anyways, so podcasts are the future. I agree. (laughs) So, with this podcast, we kind of want to, we think we're going to reach, like, global, maybe top 10 in the iTunes or podcast billboards, um, maybe win some awards here and there, Uh, but we'll see, we'll see. Maybe we'll surpass Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll make some some albums or something with our. We'll have some fierce raps and rap battles in here. Yeah, if you you guys don't know this, but I have a rap career on the side, mm-hmm. and I enjoy rapping to audiences in my free time. And remind me of your your rap name. <laughs> Z Money. Z Money. That's Z- a pretty good rap name. I mean, as far as rap names go, I would say that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, my rap career keeps me going. Z-Money in the house. Yeah. (laughs) But besides that, this is not a rap podcast. This is a lifestyle and slice of life podcast where we talk about our issues. Our our issues, our problems, our our angsty fixations on, on the world around us. You know, we're just just two two American youths youthing around and and full of bitterness and, and like I don't know. Well, we're just gonna discuss our lives here. I think our political hot takes. Oh yeah, and our obsessions, perhaps. Um, I really like airplanes, and cats are really into you. Really <laughs> a lot of film into, techniques. I love I love film analysis. Maybe we'll do full episodes on movie commentaries. I love talking about the Social Network. And the A24 Film Production House. And I love comedians. And uh, we could do some music reviews. Music reviews. Oh, I love music reviews. It's kind of like alternative mainstream and alternative not mainstream. But I feel like they get mixed together. And I know for years I was always talking about how I was alternative, even though it was pretty mainstream. (laughs) But I just wanted to be unique. So um, we could talk about that as well. Have you heard of Bohemian Rhapsody? Have you heard of Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. I think it was, was that three years ago, and I was, I was, I got an app called Bottled, and it lets you talk to people from around the world, and I was really into it for probably a good month, and there was this one kid who I told him that I was really into Queen, and specifically into A Day at the Races, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, Queen's pretty good, most people don't listen to them, have you heard of Bohemian Rhapsody? (laughs) And this was not this was not some type of I- ironic sarcastic comment. This was just just what he thought of me. And so um, I think I ended the conversation after that. But it's um a running joke now because I think um Kat and I got really into Queen around the same time two years ago a year ago. Yeah, I think it was sophomore year. 
perhaps but it was an era it was a whole phase of queen i think we went and saw bohemian rhapsody in the theater like three times was it was it three times it was very convenient (laughs) because it came out a couple months after the the fixation started yeah we just were listening to queen we only listened to queen for a good three months or at least that was for me that was for me as well i remember my spotify raps that was the first year i had spotify and it was all queen and i was so proud of myself for like (laughs) For listening to classic rock. Yeah, and then not being Ariana Grande in One Direction. <laughs> Is that where you're at? And I think my number one was One Direction. Uh, they're kind of underground, kind of indie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of Ariana Grande. She's very obscure. Yeah, she's a great voice, I think. Uh, kind of metal, kind mm-hmm. of emo rap. Mm-hmm. I make emo raps. You do make emo raps. Yeah. I'm very impressed with them as well. I'm sorry. I just, I was looking forward and I see a Snoopy. A Snoopy? It's Christmas decoration. <laughs> it was very cute. Oh, I see it. I see it. It's very yeah. cute. Yeah. I, I think I, I love Snoopy way too much, to be perfectly honest. It's almost like a little bit embarrassing as a person who is almost an adult now. But, um, I, I used to have read an Instagram account that was dedicated to, um, to Peanuts, like as the comic strip. And, um, there were a couple people at school who followed me, but most of my followers came from around the internet, and they would, like, DM me, like, poetry and certain book recommendations, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, and then I would never read them. Oh, wait, really? Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful, though, people just writing poetry about peanuts. Yeah, but I feel like when somebody gives you a book recommendation, there's only one response you can you can give them. <laughs> it's like, thank you! <laughs> yeah. Then you move on with your life. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is sweet, though. You made a global impact with your Peanuts content. Yeah, I was proud of myself. And also, like, my... I have a younger brother, um, to those of you who don't know me, um, and my younger brother knew Herman exclusively as Snoopy because... Herman's profile picture was a picture of Snoopy laying on top of a house, I think. Yeah, or something like that. And I've I've been very proud of that, to be known as Snoopy. And I think a lot of other people from school also recognize me as that, just because that's my my profile pic now for my my online school situation. (laughs) And so my profile is constantly linked to it because I choose it, but it is what it is. One day I will not be known as Snoopy, but for now it's not a bad, bad identity to hold. Yeah, that's a good way to be perceived. To be perceived as Snoopy. To be perceived. Oh my goodness. As opposed to other things. You know when people like say your name and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm a real person out there that people people think about when they're not talking to me directly. And I want to know what people dream about when I'm in their dreams. Oh, I've dreamt about Herman sometimes. Herman has showed up at Chuck E. Cheese in my dreams. Oh, jeez. Yeah, with some other theater kids. Herman's not a theater kid, but my dreams had uh, the theater kids and Herman and a Chuck E. Cheese, and then they started playing soccer. So we'll get into dreams in further episodes. We'll dig deeper <laughs> into what they mean. Herman keeps saying it's sexual frustration. I, I think everything is sexual frustration. Everything is sexual everything. frustration. Everything is sexual and... I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's just always sexual frustration. There's no other response, no other possible possibility. So, um... It makes sense, though, for everything to be sexual frustration. Because truly, like, what like what were we engineered to do? Like, we mm-hmm. were engineered biologically to re- procreate. That's right. I'm and, so like, lonely. What oh, else? Goodness, I'm so lonely. 
I, I really, <laughs> I don't think, I have never had a relationship. Me neither. And, and I, I don't know, I think I just recently started thinking, I started thinking about the idea of love, and I think I realized that the way that my, some of my friends have relationships, and the way that they talk about the person they're in a relationship with, was so different than any other relationship I've been in with, like, any platonic relationship, and I was just thinking about the idea of love because I've always been like oh you have to love everything you can love the mundane and you can love everything and then I thought well if I didn't have to love the mundane I mean that would be nice too <laughs> like I feel like I love the mundane by requirement and not because I have another choice what would you say is the mundane like just like grocery shopping or something <laughs> romanticizing grocery shopping like do you yeah. go grocery shopping and wonder like oh this wouldn't be less mundane if I had a lover with me as well, I was grocery shopping. I mean, I just, like, enjoy grocery shopping as it is. Like, I just enjoy, like, walking around and looking at all the, the cute little foods and I just, like, dressing up and walking around the neighborhood. Like, I just, I feel like maybe it's because like, that's all I have right now because, you know, everything's, um, with COVID, I mean, you just, just gotta stay in your house and everything. But, I mean, if I had more i mean if i could be like dancing under the starlight at midnight on the beach or something then i wouldn't have to love grocery shopping as much but because i feel like you have to love something otherwise you're just gonna burn out altogether so it'd be nice to love like another person <laughs> instead of grocery shopping first of all that sounds like peak existence like dancing around in the starlight and the beach but i feel you there like the mundane especially in quarantine like i feel like my home life has most like for years mostly been like focused on self-improvement like i'll work out today like that has been my like priority um making my matcha in the morning and like but now it's senior year we are almost 18 herman and i are almost 18 and uh we have been doing our homeworks doing our little <laughs> school tasks and we've never been in a relationship but now it's like becoming very apparent that possibly that could shake things up that could bring a lot of fulfillment a whole a whole relationship yeah a whole person to love yeah I feel like throughout high school maybe even like middle school I've just been thinking um like, oh, I have to do do this thing and that thing and the other thing. And, you know, focus on schoolwork, focus on extracurriculars, focus on volunteering, focus on family. And just, like, not really think about who I am, like, independent of all of that. Which I guess, I mean, that's a lot to, a lot of communities to live within. But at the same time, the idea of I'm going to be in a different place with all different type of situations and environments in a year, you know, in college. And the idea of who I'm going to be without the school environment, without any extracurriculars, when I'm outside of my family, that's kind of scary because I really don't know who that person's going to be. Especially, like, when you think about those things like extracurriculars, volunteering, it gets stressful, it gets sometimes overwhelming but then like you think of what they show in the movies mm -hmm. bollywood movies coming of age <laughs> movies what they sing about in songs and it like transcends all of that it's yeah. like they describe it as the best thing you can possibly achieve like not like a gpa or yeah. doing um fulfilling your ib diploma so herman and i are in the ib program oh it's it's awful. I highly recommend anybody who's who's out there and thinking about, oh, maybe I should do IB, or maybe people who are, like, in pre-IB and going into IB. And if you have thoughts that you want to drop out, you probably should. You probably should. Like, these four years, you want to have fun, and you truly don't need the IB program. Like, the reward 
truly doesn't feel worth it in the, in the end. Like, you get, you could get those credits in another way, AP courses, and honestly, for me personally, it didn't hit, like, how much I wanted to not be in the IB program until this year, because it's just so much output. You just have to write yeah. so much. And it's so meaningless a lot of the times, because I, I don't know if, um, you know, all you viewers are, <laughs> are familiar with Cass' um, reflections, but essentially you just have to, like, write a bunch of paragraphs about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And, like, the actual um, content of Cass, where you're going out into the community and doing things, that's really meaningful. But when you have to generate so many reflections um you know every month about what you're doing and why you're doing it and why you're affecting so much um I mean it, it gets to be really perfunctory in your actual analysis of it and it's just like writing a bunch that just doesn't do anything for you and doesn't like force introspection in the way that it pretends to I don't think yeah and then you have no choice like but to BS completely what you're writing in those reflections. Because you're like, oh, picking up this piece of paper had this profound impact on my life and my perspective yeah. as a learner and global citizen. And it's just not true. Sometimes you just pick up a piece of paper <laughs> and leave it at that. And yeah. the way they check it, the way like the teachers go down... like. You're red flagged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I am red flagged on Cass, and it's n like it's not a fun place to be, because I have so many things I've like done for Cass. So much I've written down. I'm also a member of Cass board, who so I'm, I basically <laughs> help run Cass. She's a Cass police. Yeah, I'm a Cass police. But according to my supervisors, um, I. I have not fulfilled their little requirements. And I think the thing with Kat was that it was like April when she got red flagged because the hospital where she was volunteering like didn't allow any more volunteers because there, were, there was COVID and people were dying and people were losing their jobs and pandemonium was happening and that was back when people actually cared about the people who died. And so she wasn't able to do her volunteer hours as most people weren't um, in April and they red flagged her for it. Yeah, like, I'm I'm sorry, but people are dying, and there are better things to worry about than your 18-month yeah. <laughs> reflections. So that's our current education right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bastardization of something that could be really good. Because, like, the actual experiences of CAS are really enjoyable and meaningful, yeah. but it's just, like, the way they they want you to think about it, I feel, just sort of defeats the point. Yeah, like, intrinsically, I love doing theater and music and singing, but, um, so, like, I have that, like, I spend my time doing that anyways, so then, like, I just don't understand why it needs to be this complex, complicated thing with so many logistics and, like, things you need to check off a list to satisfy, like, these teachers... <laughs> I also yeah. feel that a little bit in like college essay writing because um, Kat and I are both seniors who are applying to college and I think that a lot of times when you're trying to write about yourself um, for a college to pick you, it sort of becomes like a caricature of who you think, who they, who you think they want because, um, you know, I mean, you can write about things that you really enjoy and sometimes that really aligns with, um, you know, some type of accomplishment or something or some type of attitude. But a lot of the times you're trying to make, um, I don't know, usually like, you have to brag about yourself sometimes. And it's just, I don't know, it's not, 
as authentic as it could be, I don't think. Yeah, sometimes you definitely feel that imposter syndrome, like, writing your plans, like, oh, I want to major in this, I will accomplish this, yeah. like, this but is I everything I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, it's something that I'm interested in, but if I don't do it, like, I'll be okay then, too. Yeah, like, we don't know for, like, right now. Like, right now, we're just in high school, and we... I just know that I'm lonely, and that's all. That's all I know. That yeah, we're lonely. Yeah, lonely. Yesterday, people. I think, um, Kat and I do a club for English, and we were making a trivia, and I asked, you know, what's the name of the train in the Polar Express? And I think that that sort of demonstrates the level of level of stupidity that I have descended into. <laughs> and I didn't know the answer. I was like, what is the name of the train in the Polar Express? Like, I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> like. That that's our current mental state right now, and with what Herman was saying about essays, I just feel like the mo- motivation is very scarce to and like self discipline to sit down and write an essay. Cause like there's also the pressure that goes into college and what mm-hmm. your parents want for you and the prestige and the names of the colleges. And I just want to chill and like skateboard around a campus yeah. with pretty architecture and be happy. I just want to be happy, man. Yeah, I just want to want to meet a bunch of adorable people and have fun and not. I think I want to do. You know how like in all the eighties, nineties movies. I don't know if that's the right time period, but in the time period where people would just like go outside and play with their buddies all day after school until until it was dinner time and they went to their families and then they like went exploring outside without worrying about homework or anything. That's, that's where I want to be. Yeah, that sounds correct. Eighties and nineties movies, coming of age movies, and like even current ones like stranger things just biking yeah. around with your friends or like it oh i love it it yeah herman and i are big fans of the it franchise we had a whole phase in our freshman years where we would s- stalk every cast member yeah. wyatt jack finn they were great movies and um yeah looking back at it it's really interesting to see where they are because like one's a skateboarder jack's a skateboarder and Finn's just making his music, and, um, yeah, I was just romanticizing all of them, and what it would be like to be in a relationship (laughs) Uh, with each of them individually. I think it's because they're our age, and just, like, the idea of people our age making movies and being successful people in the careers that they know they want to go into in the future, and they just seem to have their lives together, and they're they're recognized wherever they go. I guess just like they're very, they're all pretty people. All, all every single one of them is a, a pretty person who looks very put together. They have a future ahead of them. Like I don't see where my future is. <laughs> <laughs> and also, that just all seems so much fun. Yeah. Like your job is to just make movies about hanging around with friends and make playing bands with your little music and your skateboards yeah and it's got to be a challenge but it's got to be a challenge you enjoy a lot because i feel like i spend so many hours doing things that i don't care about just because it's like the program that i'm in or the future that i want for like college or whatever but um i just want to just want to chill i just want to skateboard around and and live my life yeah herman and i love to skateboard and we don't like doing math homework yeah. Do you even do your math homework anymore? I know. Yeah. I just play Wizard 101 all day. And maybe that's the reason why I'm not, I don't like school because I don't actually pay attention. You love Wizard 101. I love Wizard 101. I think I, I played for longer than most people did. And it was just so therapeutic running around and casting my spells. 
And um, I I think it was in in March. At the end of March, I got a membership with another friend of mine, and we just played Wizard One One for like a straight month. I got to Mushu, and they have um, a free membership to anybody who logs in now. If any of you are interested, beautiful viewers. Yeah. So if you want to have a free membership, it's free until the twentieth of the month. And so that's what I'm probably going to be doing instead of my college essays this week. I wonder if I got a Wizard 101 account, like, would I fall into that obsession? I feel like you would enjoy it. I feel like I would enjoy it, the community, uh, killing all of you. Yeah. Um, you know that boy that you've been talking to recently? I think we should play with him. <laughs> no, I'm wait, so we serious. might have to edit this out. That's okay, because... we have to edit the mashup. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, but should I become a gamer? I think you should become a gamer. I think that it's a very good bonding exercise. <laughs> Would and, it be a good um, bonding exercise? Yeah, and I think like if we got a big group of people and just played Wizard 101, that would make my, my nine-year-old heart so happy. Oh, uh, you've been playing it since you were nine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so actually I used to be like super religious and because this was like wizardry and witchcraft I used to not play it on Sabbath really yeah. you were that into it you were like the whole Christian thing I was not religious yeah I didn't even know that so I didn't play well that was when I was nine <laughs> and so I didn't play wizard 101 on the Sabbath which is Saturday in my in my religion which was like half my weekend but I felt very holy doing that Really? Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember um, I was a really big um, religious person, and so my mom, who's a flight attendant and has to go on plane plane rides, you know, for several days at a time, I would ask her, "Mom, don't, you know, don't go on your flights on Saturdays because, you know, that's against the Bible, and you know, God's gonna like fry you in hell, and you're gonna be in, be in the barbecue." What? And you know, I didn't say that, but that's what I I like asked her not to work on Saturdays because I thought about. Um, I thought she would go to hell. <laughs> I didn't know you were that Christian. I was that Christian. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I was really indoctrinated. <laughs> wow, would they, like, say that in church? Like, don't play the wizard games, kids. Actually, the wizard game thing was something that I adopted on my own on the what? internet. This is what unfettered access to the internet does to you. <laughs> but the um, don't do that anything on Saturday thing was something that I, I think I heard in a church. It wasn't even my church. It was a friend's church. That's really interesting because like in my religious teachings like I have Islamic teachers that have told me that um like magic is illegal and bad mm-hmm. but like you separate like the fiction mm-hmm. like the the games you play and the mu- mu- movies and music you listen and watch uh from all of that from all of that teaching because so like did you just not involve yourself with like Harry Potter I did. Well, I no. Sorry, I I kept myself involved. I think. Um, well, I started reading Harry Potter in fourth grade, so I would have been nine. That's interesting. I don't think I. I don't think I don't know if I made that connection. Honestly, I might have. I genuinely don't know. I don't think I would have read it. Knowing who I was, I probably wouldn't read it on Sabbath, but I would allow myself to, on other days. I don't, also, when I was um, really religious, I used to pray, like, all the time. Hmm. And whenever I had an intrusive thought, I would immediately pray for forgiveness. Immediately? Yeah. Like, how often would you get intrusive thoughts? Like, often. <laughs> like, intrusive, like, oh, I want to make out with someone. No, just, like, like if I like, thought of a swear word or something. <laughs> and it, like, messed what? me up for a while. <laughs> that's so interesting, because that's, yeah. like, a complete 180. You go from, like, blocking out every intrusive thought to, like... Because now, 
do you like you don't believe in that anymore? No, no. Yeah. That that's a full one eighty. I think that's why I I don't know. I think I like did it to myself too. <laughs> like I feel like I could have grown up like a, a happy and adapted religious person because I think a lot of religious people have like a good community around them that supports them, and they're like really healthy and happy. And when a crisis happens, they know how to deal with it in a you know healthy, human, responsible way. Mm-hmm. And I could have done that hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. But somehow I didn't, and I think I I took myself to one extreme, and then in reaction to that, I took myself to the other extreme. That's really interesting, cause, well, my my experience with religion is that like the community's always been great, like Muslim community, like some of my Arabic teachers, like coolest coolest gals out there, like sweetest people I know, like are always at the mosque or like fasting during Ramzan. It's always so much fun, like the holiday celebrations, and like. The scripture, like, the doctrine, I, like, love learning about it. It's, like, really beautiful. But, of course, you have the rules, the religious rules. And, like, I feel like it's always been, like, I could never, like, commit to it it 100%. Like, because it's a lot. Praying five times a day, like, fasting 30 days at a stretch, and, like, being completely submissive into the ideology like I was never a hundred percent like on top of that stuff so I feel like from that I've I never really went to an extreme with it but the way you did that's healthy though because like you can think critically about what parts you you feel like you need to absorb into you know your your personal moral compass and everything and then you know what parts that you don't care as strongly about so I feel like that's like a, a healthy balance that you got going you make a good point there especially like since so many things are sinful <laughs> but a lot of the sinful things are fun fun things to do like <laughs> what type of sinful things have you have enough to like playing wizard 101 <laughs> and watching harry potter that's a little bit sus <laughs> how have you been sinning recently i haven't been sinning <laughs> I didn't mean for this to turn into a religious confession. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Religion. Help me, Father, for I have sinned. (laughs) And I feel like... I don't know. I always get curious. Curious, like, the churchgoers. Like, how often do they engage in the sin? Yeah. I I mean, do they... I hear, like, a lot of... I, I like psych a lot <clears throat> when I talk about like cognitive dissonance and the things you believe and the things you do and how when there's like a separation between the things you do mm. and the things you believe your mm. mental state's all wonky and you know that Hungarian guy who like, was in the orgy orgy yeah orgy? so I was looking through the news and I found this article anti-gay politician Hungarian politician is caught in a 25-man orgy Beautiful, beautiful. I wish I were him, honestly. I wish I were him. And imagine being that horny, like in a pandemic. You you have yeah panorama. Panorama parallelogram. In a parallelogram, you have sex with twenty five people at once. Would you even want to have an orgy with twenty five people at once? They would have to like submit their STDs, not scores. (laughs) SAT scores. SAT scores. Yeah. Like you have to get a 1400 in order to come in. Yeah. And like, 
I feel like that would be too much at once to be into it. I feel like that would that would be stressful. I feel like I would feel self-conscious. It would be like sensory overload. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I don't even like being around 25 people like when we're all fully clothed <laughs> and not even talking to each other. Like at the, yeah. the grocery store, if there's somebody else in the <laughs> aisle, I'll go someplace else. Let alone if you just start having an orgy with all of them. Yeah. But I feel like if I was in, if I were in the said orgy, 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 or or he or he or he not or he. <laughs> if I was there and some guy was an anti-gay politician and he's there like having sex me sex with me when I'm a gay man, I would be very <laughs> angry with him for not supporting that, despite for having that like dissonance between what he does and what he says and using his influence and power to to I, I don't know condemn what he's there doing. I would not be happy. Yeah, because you'd be having sex with someone who's against your existence. Exactly. Like politically. Like, what is, how is that supposed to work? Like, I wonder how his mind works in that situation. Like, is it a complete double life thing where he, like, has these political beliefs and puts them into legislation and then he goes off and does these things and it's just, like, a disconnect? Like, they're two separate lives? Yeah. Or is it, or does, like, his condemnation of being gay does that feed into his lust like is he into oh that oh my goodness like like a rebellious type of thing like mm, yeah. oh I, I don't believe in this but i'm just gonna gonna go nuts because i can because i have that power yeah that could be it because like i feel like it's a thing you you're more like interested you get more excited about something when it's taboo when it has mm-hmm. that mystique to it you want to talk about your sins <laughs> what what sins? I don't know. No, when I talk about sins, I mean like. Uh, no, I get what you mean, like a tattoo or something that you know that your parents would kill you for and stuff. Not yeah, that I, not that that's me or anything. <laughs> oh yeah, Herman wants a tattoo. I want a tattoo. I want to tattoo my ass because I think that it would be in a place where nobody would see it except for. I mean, like occasionally people would see it, but I don't think it would. It wouldn't affect, like, my career, and my parents would never know about it. That's my family true. would never know about it. You and it's sh- also, it probably wouldn't hurt that much. On, on your ass? Mm-hmm. You should get one of an ass. <laughs> I was saying you should get a, a tattoo of a foot and put it on your foot. But I don't who even likes feet, though. What? I'm- There's nothing wrong with feet. <laughs> Wait, uh-huh. why do people hate feet? I don't know. I guess it's just like the idea of a foot fetish. But, what? Um, but I, don't, I actually don't hate feet that much. Yeah. I just like to do it for the meme. For <laughs> the meme. That yeah. makes sense. Haha, <laughs> foot fetish. Yeah. That's kind of kind of strange. Fetishes are strange to think about. Yeah. What is a fetish? Yeah. Like, if you... Like, I remember when I was little, I had a friend who would be like, Oh, I love caterpillars. I have a caterpillar fetish. <laughs> what? Yeah. But I don't think she really understood oh, what that rough. meant. Yeah, I don't think I could say that to anybody. <laughs> just, like, present that information. <laughs> Herman has a caterpillar fetish. Oh my goodness. That sounds so awful. I feel like that could go in a lot of different directions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Fetishes. Sex is so strange in the abstract idea. Yeah, because we've never had it, <laughs> but we always think and talk about it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. I, I went to the doctor, like, two, three days ago, not that long ago. And he was like, are you sexually active when my mom wasn't in the room? And my mother, who is not, who, who is an immigrant, she was like, yo, what did he talk to you about when I left? Like, what is what could there possibly be that you have to say <laughs> that I can't be in the room for? Like, how can you be a separate person from me? And I feel like she's, like, really likes the idea 
of us having a super close relationship and being like me being like an extension of her i think would she be all right if you were being sexually active herman no i have to wait till marriage <laughs> me too me too but i i have a similar story about that with my mom and uh-huh. the doctor's appointment so uh vaccines <gasps> my like you know all the teenagers get that like hpv hpv vaccine. i got it two days ago for the first time you because i two didn't days get it ago? when i was 11 because she was first of all she didn't think that i would be having sex until i'm like 30 um because i don't think she was <laughs> and um because she heard on her 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 websites that it can cause some type of um side effects that other vaccines don't cause and so i didn't get it when i was 11 or 12 like most people did so i just got it now at the ripe old age of of not 11 or 12 (laughs) (laughs) that is funny and it really hurt i heard too yeah (laughs) yeah so i got that vaccine about a a year or a couple years ago and at the time my mom was not happy about it she was telling me in the car I don't know why he wants you to get this vaccine. It's an awful thing. You shouldn't get it. It's it's not meant for you. It's meant for the American girls in this country and the things that they, they do. You should not be getting this vaccine. I don't know why he would want you to get it. <laughs> like, ugh, it's disgusting. I don't know yeah. why. Like, I wish I could just take you away right now and not Jeez. have you get that vaccine. Like, she was not having it. And yeah. I was just thinking how, like, bitter she must be with the thought. Mm-hmm. of me ever needing that that vaccine yeah that's um that's kind of scary to think about i don't know i i don't know man i mean just like the idea of your parents even thinking about that but like once you're married they're probably gonna be like yo where are my grandkids and like expect you to start pumping out children you know when you get married because my, my parents already talk about like once i have kids as if that's like just like a it's um expected yeah like it's expected like i'm just gonna have children i don't think i want i don't want children really i want children but i don't want to think about it yet like yeah when i'm like late 20s but that's like in a very long time yeah like i i might think about like adopting or something oh that would be so cute but i don't like the idea of pregnancy or giving birth that's understandable that's very painful a baby coming through your vagina yeah and then your belly's all all big and you're constantly nauseous and your feet are the size of balloons or whatever. That's understandable cuz that's why they make some men go through that machine that simulates pregnancy mm-hmm. to make them feel the pain the girl feels. Yeah. That's so weird to think about. But yeah, that is very interesting parents and their control over you, especially since we're going to college soon and we're probably yeah. moving out probably <laughs> yeah my mom would rather have me stay at home going going to usf mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she says she's gonna move with me wherever i go and take a teaching job or something do you think she would do you think she's like she there's, is there an ounce of seriousness in that do you think no I, like she's not joking she's being really? serious she's like asking my dad like oh um are there teaching jobs in cornell like like i'm gonna what? get into cornell yeah she's being serious she's not joking Dude, you gotta like i don't know my i have an uncle that's just like cut the umbilical cord whenever my parents do something like that but that's i don't know that's interesting i mean i heard i hear a lot of people's parents are saying stuff like that I wonder, like, how much control they'll have over us, like, mm-hmm. once we go off to college. Yeah. Especially with, like, the boundaries they have, like, the lives they have in their mind for us. Oh, my goodness, yeah. 
So recently, uh, my mom was telling me about a current conflict in the family, and it's like distant relatives. It's not even close relatives, but like my mom's side of the family is mad because one of them got married to a Christian Mexican, and everyone is raging. Like they all cut him off. They're like, "How could he do this? How could he go off and marry a non-Indian who wasn't born Muslim?" And、uh, I just want to point out, like, she is converting. To Islam for him,、That's、and it's so sweet. Yeah, it is. She's like changing her life for him, and it's also allowed in Islam for a Muslim guy to marry a Christian girl. So it's not even for religious reasons they're doing it. It's just for like their heads. They just can't wrap it, wrap their heads around the thought of an Indian marrying a non-Indian, and that's just insane to me. Like, how could you've lived for thirty, forty, fifty years and just be stuck in that mentality? Yeah, that's really ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, and the way they talk about her, the way they judge pictures of her, they're so judgmental. Like, ugh, it's disgusting. Yeah, man. I um, I my mother is not white. My dad is white. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of strange because, like, as a non-white person, like my mother who has experienced like some forms of like discrimination—not discrimination, but like some insensitivity towards her. She is still so racist towards other people, and it's it just like boggles my mind how she can complain about how other people treat her, and then she'll turn around and like go to other races, um, other races like in Asia or Africa or other just like anyone who's not her specific race or nationality, I guess. And it's it's just like weird. Like, how can you have your experiences and still? Not be tolerant of other people's skin color. I know, like it's just very hypocritical. Like you get super mad when Donald Trump is saying bad things about like Muslims on the news, but then you turn around and like you display like racism blatantly. And can, can we talk about the casual racism? I just wanted to rant about like, my parents' tendency, mainly like my mom and my aunt. Like they. Had some cases, so I have a poster of rapper ASAP Rocky in my room, and my mom was like, "Uh, Zeba, is it all right if you don't have this out in the open? Can you like put this in your closet?" And I, I was like, "Wait, but you wouldn't say that about like my Harry Styles poster or my Ariana Grande or my Amy Winehouse poster. Like, why is that?" And she was like, "It looks scary. Like, what? And, no. Like, she was like." Like people will see it if it's up there. Like what? You don't want people to see it because it's ASAP Rocky. Like, does that have anything to do with the color of his skin? <laughs> and she goes, "Yes." I, and she was like, "Are you calling me a racist?" I was like, "Well, <laughs> you、yeah. didn't say that about any of my other posters, my One Direction posters." My yeah, it's just very confusing how some people are stuck in that mentality. Yeah, it's it's weird to think about, especially people who are. I feel like a lot of times, like your stereotypical racist is just like some old white dude who watches football and like has a has a bag of chips. Trucker. Yeah, but yeah, my my mother who is an Asian immigrant who is just so racist towards other people, and sometimes it's just mind boggling. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, racism is very prevalent in the Indian community. I feel like we often don't talk about it, and some of it came to light in like 
the recent talks about race, like, during the summer after the George Floyd protests, like, I saw Hassan Minaj, love him, a great comedian. Oh, I love Hassan Minaj. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he came out with a statement, like, covering, like, the George Floyd situation, and he was like, the Asian community, like, we are complacent in this. Like, yeah. one of the, like, clerks or one of the cops was Asian who, like, didn't do anything about it. And, like, he, the way, like, Indians act when their daughter wants to date someone who's African-American. Yeah, my mom, I asked my, I don't think, I, I don't remember how we got to discussing it, but I was like, yo, what if I started dating, like, a black guy? And she was like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, huh, don't you think that's racist? And she was like, well, I don't know. But, like, it didn't, it didn't bother her that her, her thoughts about who I should date were racist. I mean, she shouldn't care about who I date anyway, but, like. I don't know. I think that I think that reveals a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's just very weird, and definitely some progress we need to make uh, in those aspects. But another thing, back to like what our parents think of like the like who we're gonna be with for the rest of our lives. My mom asked me once, Zeba, would you rather marry someone who is very, very good looking or very, very rich? And, like, my question was, are they funny? Yeah! Like, that's all that matters to me. Like, can I, like, banter with them? Yeah. Can I riff with them comedically? Like, what is our comedic chemistry? That's exactly. all that matters to me. Like, I don't care what they look like. Because, honestly, like, a guy, like, it doesn't really matter what they look like. <laughs> They're all ugly. No. <laughs> no, but, like, honestly, like, you could be, like, numbers, like, the scale, like, of the scale of attractiveness, like mm. humor, could bring you to a ten. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And confidence. Yeah, I think you really. Gr- I think people really grow on me. I've noticed that I don't really like, develop feelings for someone until I've known them for like a long time. Really? Yeah, and I. Just, I think I like asked out someone <laughs> like a week ago, but it's not someone that I have feelings for. It's just that we there's like potential there, and I guess that was mm. sort of my fault because. I don't know. I don't think I feel. I don't know when you're supposed to like have feelings for someone. Uh, the talking stage. I don't even know what the talking stage is. I just I just talk to everybody. And... Yeah, just a nomad, an INFP, <laughs> an INFP dancing around and talking to everybody. Which is why we're mediator monthly as INFPs. Yeah, we're both mediators. Yeah. So this is how the podcast is going to be. We're just going to be like, la, la, la. la, la. We like yeah. talking to people <laughs> and dancing in the streets. We like perceiving. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need someone who's the exact opposite to like join in one day. Like an mm-hmm. E-something TJ who mm-hmm. can be like, like lay down the line, like yeah. hard, like. I don't know. What, what, are, what would those people be? What, the opposite of us? I don't know. I feel like they would be very realistic, very yeah. open, very yeah. extroverted. Not idealistic. Not idealistic, no. People who don't trail off in their conversations. Oh my goodness, I always trail off so much, and it, it bothers me so much at the same time. But sometimes I just wonder if it's just, like, the way I think. Because I don't think I think in sentences either. I just, I just like, spit it all out. Me and it's, it's just, like, words that I get to pick out from the air. Yeah, Herman and I, we think in feelings. Yeah. <laughs> we just think in tears. <laughs> we think we're very emotional people. And we were talking to this guy in our class the other day. I was talking to him in Spanish. And he was like, every, every girl cries every day. And I don't understand that. Like, I'm a robot. Why are all these girls so emotional? I'll never understand it. 
I think I would make a horrible boy just because the oh, yeah. the, the cultural, um, at least in the U.S., expectation that you're not going to cry, you're just going to man up, mm. you're going to deal with your problems on your own, you're not going to reach out for help, you're just going to deal with it like a man. I can never do that. I cry all the time. And I feel like nobody told me, oh, you can't cry. That's not a way to process your emotions. Oh, yeah. So I was always like allowed to cry and i think that was really necessary <laughs> for me yeah i'm just so sensitive i can't imagine being a guy and being forced to suppress that yeah like the environment that you would be put in like the pressure put on you to just be like a bro guy and yeah. never cry i cannot do that yeah and emotions are nice you feel validated by that exactly they give you a lot of good good energy like anger or something yeah. I don't think I was angry until high school, though. Really? I don't think I, I ever... I think that was one of those things that I repressed so hard, mm. and so I was never angry until about a couple of years ago. Like, angry, like, generally, or, like, it's at people? Um, just, like, yeah, like, angry in general. Like, I would always get really sad in middle school, and mm. I, like, you know, had the eyeliner under my eyes, and I would be, like, crying, and like, nobody understands me. <laughs> But I was never angry, and I just only recently got angry, and it actually, it's really nice just to be allowed to be angry. Angry? So, like, you mean, like, taking out the anger, or just, like, feeling angry? Just, like, rage. Just, like, walking around and being like, everybody sucks. <laughs> everybody sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, not, like, sad, because I feel like when you're sad, you're just like, oh, everything is terrible, and it's my fault, or it's just, like, maybe it's because I'm starting to blame other things instead of myself. Maybe that's what it is. That is true. Anger seems more cathartic than sadness, especially yeah. when sadness is just like circles of self pity. Yeah, like, that's what it is. That's... I think I used to do self pity more, and now I'm just just angry. And it, like once you let it out, the anger is just like gone, and it can float away, and you can take a nap, and then you're all good again. Yeah, self pity is just not productive. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest source of your anger? Um. No. I feel like it definitely has to do with just like being a high schooler in a pandemic and it's because I'm an only child so I don't really see a whole lot of people my age usually or at least I have to make like plans to go out and find these people and not necessarily just find them in my house and stumble in the kitchen and be like hey you live here or something like that but um mm. yeah maybe that I feel like my I don't know I can't think about what my sources of like anger sad i feel like it's mostly myself like when i self-sabotage mm. like on a day if i'm like lazy and i like put off all my assignments like that's when i get the most sad when it's like my own doing and that starts the circles of self-pity like i feel that my own problems are definitely self-inflicted yeah and like <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i took a drink right as you said that i didn't mean to just like agree when you were like yeah all my problems are self-inflicted i go yeah that's right <laughs> that's yeah right, period all of your problems are self-inflicted. no I, I mean i think there's like a lot, of, a lot of problems that come from outside like other people who who say weird things or parents that expect you to be a perfect virgin child and so go <laughs> go find a beautiful prince charming who's exactly your race and and um make a bunch of beautiful babies and help fulfill their dreams i feel like a lot of times like your parents try and make you fulfill their lost dreams definitely my mom once told me never have kids because of the stress it'll cause oh geez that's so that's so mean yeah she was like oh yeah you do not i i would tell advise you not to have kids because oh like you don't want to drive them to school and have them stress over their what? tests i'm like what's that supposed to mean that's so mean oh my goodness <laughs> and 
Yeah, another thing is when you said beautiful Prince Charming, my mom would actually rather have me not, like, I don't think she cares about their attractiveness, more of, like, if they're they rich. rich. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know, it's so weird to think about that, like, because, like, how do you fall in love based on that? The materials. I think um, my mom wanted me to go to um, an Ivy League school so I would find a, a very smart, rich husband <laughs> that could support me. <laughs> I think that that higher education is just like the, the dating pool in her eyes for me. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. My parents definitely are going to keep me on the Life360 app for the course of college. I might have to ask someone to hack into it. You should get rid of it. Or like you <laughs> can't get rid of it. They would ask. You should move to another country or something. No, I don't want to cut them off. Like I keep saying all this stuff because I'm like venting, because I don't like vent, uh-huh. I, like about them. Like this is my spot to vent. But they do give me everything. Like I'm not gonna cut them off. I'll still call them. Is that not their job though, as a parent, to like provide you for you and feed you and clothe you and send you to education and drive you to school? <laughs> or is Herman gonna turn me into a rebel, full-on rebel, without Maybe. a cause? I mean, I feel like, I mean, there there are certain things that parents do that are super nice, and I love my parents. I truly do. Yeah. And they do a lot of things that they don't have to for me. But yeah. there's also those basic necessities like driving you to school. <laughs> but that's just sort of a given. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Gotta grab that education. Gotta grab that education. It's also interesting how parents perceive your education. Like, I just hate talking about college with my parents. Because they're... I, I, like... The way I see colleges is, like, I just... They're so sexy when they're, like, in the Northeast and have charming old world architecture like tufts and brown and when they have like they have all that but they also of course have well-renowned pre-med programs because i just want to vibe walk around in a nice place and if i want to if i'm gonna leave florida i want to leave it for somewhere that like attracts me for like it's northeastness like i want to live in a city or someplace like charming like massachusetts or boston Absolutely. But then my parents are like, oh, Duke, Emory, you have to apply. And what about all the Ivy Leagues? So now I have 20 colleges on my Common App, and I've applied to three so far. And you have how many days? <laughs> like... Like 20-ish? Probably less than that. Yeah, that's a little bit, um, a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, but there are like six that I like genuinely want to apply to. But that's I don't a good know. I think, I think most people, I say most people, there's only one other people that I, one other person... <laughs> <laughs> that I've asked about this, but I think um, I have five left. She has six left. You, I think six left is a good good number. Yeah. I don't know about twenty. Mm. But, um... Especially when I don't even want to go. Like I don't want to sit down and write an essay for a place I don't want to go to. Yeah. Speaking of things that our parents do for us, my parents have offered to pay for my college, which is very very nice. Yes. And I appreciate that muchly. And I feel like if I'm going to ask them to fork over so many thousands of dollars, I have to do something meaningful <laughs> or not definitely meaningful, lucrative i need to be able to pay them back be able to allow them to show me off to their friends because like my mom um you know <laughs> compares me a lot to all of her other little flight attendant buddies children she's like mm. yeah this kid just graduated with a degree in computer science and now he's making a buttload of money and all the companies want him why don't you do that um i don't know i hate computers i'm not good at computers i'm not good at stem and um i wish i was good at stem i wish i was a stem girl yeah neither of us are stem people like i love biology i'm just not an engineering person i'm never an engineering person like i went to an engineering camp when i was in middle school and i like i don't know it just didn't click with me 
the robotics and I feel that coding and stuff. It's just not me. Yeah, I really like the idea of being in the humanities and being able to like have your own like opinions that can be somewhat original. Because I feel like when you're doing a lot of at least at the high school level, you know, math and science, it's all stuff that other people have already done before, mm. and you're not creating anything from your own like your own brain. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Not your own brain, but it's not like original thoughts that are you know. I don't know. That's an interesting way to look at it, but I just personally. Like, love the humanities, because, like, some of the best experiences, like, in, like, academically are in English class. Yeah. Like, just discussing books with your teachers, and it's just so much fun. Like, more, like, more fun than a math class could ever be. And we have really good teachers, too, in math. Or, and in reading. English. And English. Yeah. And our reading and writing courses. Yeah. My, my English teacher from junior year is one of my favorite people, it's like, good in energy. the world. Very like, good energy. Yeah, just such a good personality. Yeah, and also some of our teachers have really, they share some insights about their families, and mm-hmm. it's just so pure when they're talking about how much they love their wife and their kids, or um, back in online school when they they would show their children, and just like, there was so oh. much love there, yeah. and it, just, it was like inspirational. We like our English teachers and our biology teacher, yeah. all listeners listening. God bless good teachers. God bless good teachers, who like look like they are, they love being there, yeah. and being around kids. Yeah, and they actually enjoy their lives, their jobs. Mm-hmm. It gives us hope for the future. Yeah, it really does. I feel like there's so many people who don't like their jobs. That kind of scares me. Yeah, like if I f- like if I don't want to be in a corporate nine to five job, like in a cubicle oh, crunching no. numbers. That sounds like death. Yeah, my dad works from eight to five, eight to four, Damn. eight to four thirty or so. But he like chose to do like another program like before school because he's a teacher but i don't think i could do that like every five days a week like i can never physically be at a place for that many hours a day i don't think (laughs) especially now when we're like at home all the time it's so weird to imagine being that yeah busy out of the house and i feel like um like the public school system that we've experienced like really values time over the actual product oh yeah and so it's like a lot of work harder and not smarter and just the idea of spending so much time and energy in a place where you don't really care that much that that's just absolutely terrifying especially when like so many of our things are counted in hours mm-hmm. we're required this amount of volunteer hours but like what about the quality of the volunteering yeah and like how into like how involved we are in it like it's got to count for something yeah and like all the i mean the, i don't know i feel like I don't have enough time for free time. A part of that's just like my own self sabotage. <laughs> I just I don't even know. I just give myself free time whether I have it or not. Just that's rollerblading right. around and watching coming of age movies. Yeah. Well, I think now free time is meddling into class time because in class I don't pay attention. Anymore. That is true. I never I haven't paid attention in one history class this entire no, year. Me neither. I pay attention in English, and that's about I, it. And biology. Me too. I only pay attention in English and biology. Hey, that's and where theater. we like our. That's the classes where we like our teachers. Whoa! What a coincidence! Oh wow! Your favorite teachers are the classes you listen to the most. Yeah. That's logic and reason. And I guess I pay attention in Spanish just out of sheer fear. Because we have to, otherwise we'll miss something and die. And be smited with the wrath of. Thousand sons. They're the dog. Thousand sons. Dog! I want a dog. It's so fluffy. Its tongue is out and it's wagging its tail. <laughs> oh, I want, a, I want a dog. 
Can I go back to like college and name and pressure? Yes. For me personally, that kind of makes me angry whenever like the way my parents talk about college in terms of name, mostly my mom, because she thinks of it in very much in a what will people think, what will people say way, and it just gets me so angry. Like, (laughs) like how does that matter? Like Like, what other people say? Hmm? Like it's a commodity. Like just like you just get the prize name that you want. Yeah. Like why does it matter what your like where like what your friend thinks of me and where like what I decide to do with my life? Yeah. It just makes me so angry. Like, the way she talks about it, she... My dad was talking about this, like, person he was training in his work, and she did Cornell for undergrads and uh, UCF for grad school. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, how could she do that? She went to... She went to a bad grad school? Bruh. And uh, I was like, so this is how you think about it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, honestly, name has no, like, like, meaning. Yeah. It's like all colleges are just nice places to walk around. You get the same degree. Yeah, and like you just gather your experience, make your connections, work hard. Yeah. And create your own success wherever you are. That was my TED talk. That was your TED talk? Yes. Create success wherever you are. Imagination. Take advantage of opportunity. Yeah. Be who you can be yourself. Apathy oh. isn't a virtue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apathy isn't a virtue. I gotta live with that a little bit more. I feel like I'm too apathetic right now. I used to say apathetic. And I think people people didn't like that very much. I'm apathetic. Ap- <laughs> apathy. <laughs> apathy isn't a virtue, guys. Apathy. 